You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 3. Very, very familiar passage of scripture that the Lord has, uh, I believe, clearly led me to preach on today. Entitled the message, Oh, to be like thee. Oh, to be like thee. Philippians chapter 3, verse 11, follow along as I read through verse 14. Paul said, if by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already made perfect. I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. Brother, and I caught not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to the things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray you'd bless the word today in a very wonderful and a very powerful way. May it speak deeply into our hearts and change us. Oh, to be like thee. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Here in this passage of scripture, Paul very clearly stated that he had not attained perfection yet. And guess what? None of us have either. Despite what some people think about themselves, none of us have attained perfection. And yet this perfection in Christ is what Paul was constantly pursuing. So none of us have achieved it, but few of us are actively pursuing it. At least not to the degree that the Apostle Paul was. Constantly, always on his mind, always in his heart, was to be like Christ. He was always reaching, he was always striving, he was always setting goals of perfection in his life. He was always looking toward that day when we obtain the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, and that is that day when we become like him, for we shall see him as he is. Won't that be a great day? But let me ask you a question. Can you do better than you're doing right now? How many of you here would say, you know what, Pastor, I could probably do better than I'm doing? Can I see your hand? Okay, thank you for your honesty. I appreciate that. I raised my hand with you. Improvement in every area of life is something that we always should be trying to attain. Reaching forth for, as the Apostle Paul said. Our spiritual life, our educational goals, our relationships, our vocation, our ability to communicate the gospel, our leadership abilities. I could go on and on with the list. Every single aspect of life we should try and be trying to improve in. Would you all agree with that? Yeah. Till the Lord calls us home to glory, 
we should be seeking to improve. Paul said to Timothy, meditate upon these things. And he said, and give thyself wholly unto them. Perfect yourself. Solomon said this, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, finish it. Do it with what? All thy might. Keep striving, keep pursuing, keep trying to improve. Give yourself wholly unto improvement. And whatever your hand findeth to do, do it with your whole heart. Put everything into it. Jesus put it this way. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now none of us are going to attain that in this life, but that is what we should be pursuing. Think about it. Now I want to just kind of get right down where the rubber meets the road here. How many of you have some bad habits? I tried to think of all my bad habits and I was having a hard time, so. <laughs> I started to think about you. <laughs> I do have one here. Overeating is definitely a bad habit that I have. That's pretty obvious. But I made a list here. I just kind of went through, I'm serious. I thought about all of you and a few others. As I made this list, I came up with about 75 things. Like uh, wasting time on social media. It's really become a habit for so many. Actually, it's become more than a habit. It's become a compulsion. Watching endless YouTube videos. Sleeping in. Sleeping in church, bad habit. <laughs> Staying up too late, always being late. Picking your teeth in public, that's just gross. <laughs> Eating with your mouth open. My mom drilled, Danny, close your mouth when you're eating. I finally learned to do that. Popping and snapping your gum in public. Talking during church. Or while others are trying to watch the evening news. <clears throat> Texting when people are trying to talk to you. Addiction to video games. Always needing to be right and wanting to argue. Not brushing your teeth, resulting in bad breath. Not going to mention any of you by name. Smoking, drinking too much soda, drinking too many energy drinks, eating too quickly. I'm kind of guilty about that, but I, that's a learned behavior because in our home, if you didn't eat fast, you didn't get it. It's gone. Eating too much fast food, snacking too much, procrastination, overthinking things so you can never ever make a decision, watching too much TV, buying coffee, lunch, and snacks every day. That'll add up. Buying lottery tickets, gambling, overspending, 
leaving lights on when you leave the room, not picking up after yourself, a messy room, talking to yourself, speeding, biting your fingernails, clicking your pen. Ugh. Cracking your knuckles, licking your lips, biting your pencil, twirling your hair, grinding your teeth, tapping your foot, tapping your finger, fiddling with your keys, not keeping your word, swearing, talking with food in your mouth, not bathing every day. Well, I had fun putting together this list. Not paying attention when other people are talking to you. Complaining all the time. Always being negative. Being pessimistic about everything. Dropping your food on the floor and then eating it anyway. <laughs> Fellowship Baptist Church is different. You laugh when you're guilty, I can tell it. Not covering your mouth when you sneeze. Popping your zits in public. <laughs> Spitting. Burping. Slouching. Talking all the time. Dominating conversations. Interrupting others. Always saying, mmm, ah, you know. Bragging. Exaggerating. Throwing your f clothes on the floor. Not taking your shoes off when you come into the house. Saving broken things, thinking that someday you'll fix them. <laughs> Keeping items like clothes that you haven't worn in years. Buying stuff you don't need. Putting dishes in the sink and never washing them. Hoarding, gossiping, lying. Standing around talking while everyone else is working. Need I go on? All right. How many of you have some of those bad habits that I've just mentioned? Every one of you. How many of you have tried to correct some of those bad habits? How many of you have failed in trying to correct those? Yeah, it's difficult to correct a bad habit. To try to improve in our lives. We are creatures of habit. We tend to continue to act the same way that we have always acted in the past. I love this analogy that I read. I don't know who wrote it, but it says, Like a river flowing through a canyon, the longer a habit continues, the more deeply it becomes ingrained and the harder it is to change. I think that's true of good habits and bad habits. Take your Bible, turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 22. I'll read through verse 24. <clears throat> that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. This passage of scripture, I believe, shows us that once you get saved, there should be a change that occurs in your life. 
And what that change results in is putting off that old man and all of his bad habits and all of his bad attitudes and putting on the new man with all of his good attitudes and all of his good habits. Give me an amen there. We need to put off that old man. Oh, to be like thee. We all need to do better. We've already admitted that. We need to do better than we are doing when it comes to these things. As a Christian, we need to put on good habits such as regular Bible reading, Amen. studying of the scriptures. That's just not left up to the pastor to do. That's something we are all exhorted to do. Amen. Memorizing and meditating on scripture, praying faithfully, attending church faithfully, serving, giving, Developing biblical convictions and standards in our lives. Opening our home to hospitality. Developing our spiritual gifts. Discipling others. These are all things that we need to put on. And we need to really develop in our lives as we eliminate the bad habits. You know that principle of scripture, flee also youthful lust, but what? Follow. Flee and follow, but follow faith, righteousness, and godliness of them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. It's, it's the same idea. You put off the old, you put on the new. You get rid of those old habits and you bring new good habits into your life. You know, the scripture provides all the guidance that we need. You, know, is, you look out there today, there's all kinds of self-improvement courses that you can take. There's all kinds of psychologists and psychiatrists that will tell you how you can improve your life. I want to tell you something. This is the best psychological book in the world, the Bible. And it is all we need. All the information we need to change our lives is right here in the manual that God has given us. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You talk about self-improvement. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Praise God that the Bible gives us all the information we need to improve our lives. Now, as I came to that point, I began to then roll this whole, whole thing over with the Lord there in my office and say, okay, Lord, but what, what have you said in your word concerning this putting off the old, putting on the new, getting rid of bad habits, putting on a good habits, oh, to be like thee? How do we get back to that passion that the Apostle Paul had to, to pursue Christ-likeness? in his life, and I came up with 10 principles of Scripture. Knowing that I would never be able to cover all 10 principles of Scripture in the time that I have, I narrowed them down to four. You should be proud of me. <laughs> that was hard for me to do. But I want to give you what I think are the four most important principles that you need to get down if you really want to improve your life to the glory of God. Number one, we must see that we need change and we must be motivated to change. We must see that we need change. You all raised your hand and said, yep, I have some bad habits in my life. But do you see that those habits need to be changed? 
And then the question is, maybe you see that yes, they need to be changed, but are you motivated to change those areas of your life? To really put off that old man and put on the new man? To get rid of those bad habits and to put on good habits in their place? Unless we see our need to change and we have a desire to change, we're not going to what? We're not going to change. That's very clear. So as I thought about that, I'm thinking about, okay, so what is the motivation that we need behind this change? Well, I'm here to tell you, I believe that our love and our devotion to God must be the primary motivation to change. Our love and our devotion to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14 says this, The love of Christ, what? Constraineth us. It is the motivation behind us putting off the old and putting on the new and getting rid of those bad habits and putting good habits in their place of fleeing and following. It is, it is our love and our devotion to the Lord. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a what? Living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. Here we go. But be ye what? Transformed. We need a transformation to take place. And the Bible says that that transformation will never take place until a renewing of our mind sets in. Listen, we got... That's one reason why it's so important to be in church. So you can have your mind renewed. The, the world will just pollute it every day and, and we need a renewing of it to come here. And, and really, that's, that's what I'm trying to do in this message this morning. I'm trying to get you to renew your mind to realize I got to put off the old. I got to put on the new. I got to get rid of those bad habits that I admit that I have. And I need to replace them with some good habits. I need to flee. I need to follow. Yes, I need to do this. To live differently, we have to think differently. Until we think differently, we will not live differently. We must not seek to be like this world. But we must live for the Lord and his service. I, th I thought, under that point, I thought about the Macedonian believers. How that they gave... Stay with me now. Remember, sleeping's a bad habit. Some of you got to put that off right now. I like how one man just smiled at me as he opened his eyes. But the Macedonian believers, they gave very generously. They gave very liberally. It's one area it's good to be a liberal in, and that's your giving. But it said the reason that they were able to do this is because they first had given themselves to the Lord. Do you see that? Their love and their devotion to the Lord caused them to be so generous and liberal in their giving. What should motivate us to obey God? Our love for him. We love him because he what? He first loved us and demonstrated that love and that he gave his only begotten son that we might live through him. This is love. Greater love hath no man than this. 
When I stopped to think about that, I thought love has to be the strongest motivating force in life. Love will cause a woman to run into a burning building to try to save her children. That's, that's completely unnatural to run into a burning building. We run away from burning buildings. But her love for her children compels her to run into the fire. Our love and our devotion to Christ should, should motivate us to put off that old man and put on the new man which he has created in righteousness and true holiness. Oh, to be like thee. It can cause a man, and you've all heard about this, whose child is pinned under a car to literally be able to lift the car as the adrenaline rush goes through his body, to be able to lift the car and move it off of his child that's been crushed underneath. If you are having difficulty in getting rid of some of those bad habits, maybe it's because you don't appreciate the love of God as you should. So our love and our devotion to the Lord should motivate us to want to change. Our desire to be like Christ should motivate us to want to change. The desire to be like someone you admire is very powerful. You see this in little boys who should want to be like their daddy. They want to walk like their daddy and talk like their daddy and act like their daddy. And I remember when I was a little boy, my, my dad had a receding hairline, and so his, his hair came to a point like an arrow. And I remember saying to my dad, I want a haircut just like you, Dad. And I remember my dad saying, just wait, you'll get one someday. <laughs> Sports heroes, they inspire young people, don't they? Political leaders can inspire us. We're inspired through the life of George Washington, through Lincoln, through Reagan. Let's take JFK. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what? Ask what you can do for your country. You see how you came right up with that? We have heroes in the Bible. Moses, Abraham, Noah, Paul, Ruth, the Virgin Mary, and we could go on and on. But the greatest example we have is the Lord Jesus. Oh, to be like thee. Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. This is my constant. We're going to sing this for the invitation. Really, is this your constant? Longing in prayer? Gladly I'll forfeit all of earth's treasures. Jesus, thy perfect likeness to wear. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art, come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness. Stamp, stamp thine own image deep in my heart. Do we really mean that? Another reason we should 
desire to change is not for any earthly rewards, but for those heavenly rewards. Isn't it hard to get your mind off of the earthly and get it onto the heavenly? Come on. Is it not probably the most difficult thing in our lives to do? To not focus on the temporal, but really to embrace the eternal? Think about athletes and how they will change their habits in order to gain an earthly award. It's amazing all that they will put themselves through and the disciplines that they'll put themselves through and the training they will put themselves through and what they'll put their bodies through. I remember when I used to play football and I remember when we would go to two practices a day and in that first week when we'd have those two practices a day, you could hardly walk. I mean, as a young man, you could hardly walk by the end of the week. You say, what am I doing this for? The football field that we played on, right next to it was an artesian well and had a pipe coming up and water running out. And we'd be out there and sweating. It would be hot and, 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 and we'd be going through our drills. We'd be looking over there at the water. And when our coach would give us a break and he'd say, okay, go get a drink, we would all run and push and shove and get to that water just as quickly as we could. Say, so why in the world were we putting ourselves through all this so we could win? Paul said that I may win Christ. We seek a far better crown than any athletic event could ever award us. An incorruptible crown. A lack of motivation is really the major reason why we don't change. We see our need to, but we're not motivated to. Isn't that true? Am I telling you the truth today? I could lose weight if I was more motivated to do it. So the first step, mm, if we're going to put off the old and put on the new and get rid of those old habits and put on good habits, is we must see our need of change and be motivated to change. Number two, I'm only going to give you four today. Number two, we must believe that we can change. If you don't believe you can change, then you're not going to try. But what does my Bible say? I can do what? Come on, church. I can do what? All things through Christ. That whole list of bad habits. I can do all things through Christ. I can put those bad habits off. Because the truth is, some of those bad habits are very offensive to other people. Some of them are very irritating. And some of them damage our testimony. That's what we should be the most concerned about. But we must believe that we can change with God's help. I don't care what the bad habit is. I don't care what it is you have to pull off. 
put off in order to be like him. But don't listen to Satan. Because you know what Satan always tells me? You can't do it. Does he tell you that? You can't do that. No, I can do all things through Christ. You can't change. You're too old to change. You've been doing this for too long. It's too late. You're too set in your ways. Besides, you're only human and we all have our issues. No one's perfect after all. How many of you have ever listened to Satan when he says, you can't do it? When we believe Satan's lies, not only are we giving up on improving ourselves, what we're saying is we don't believe this book. What I call victory verses. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than what? He that is in the world. Here's another one. Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. For sin shall not have dominion over... You know these verses. Let me give you a couple more. Nay, in all things, we are more than. But thanks be to God, which always gives us the victory. Now, thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Hmm. If we're going to change those areas of our lives, we must see that we need change, and we must be motivated to change. Number two, we must believe that we can change with the Lord's help. Number three, we must meditate on Scripture if we desire to change. How many times has this preacher stressed the importance of meditating on the Word of God? The Bible says, Jeremiah, or uh, um, Joshua 1.8, if we will meditate therein day and night, we will make our way what? Prosperous and we will have good success. You're not going to fail. You need to meditate on Scripture. List the Bible verses that address the need of change that you have. If you can't come up with the verses, guess what? Call your pastor. I'd be more than glad to help you with the verses that you need to gain the You can use them as the mighty weapon that the Lord has given us that when Satan comes along with his blah, 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 blahs, we have the Word of God to stand up in defense against him. I could help you out. Better if you find him yourself, but I can help you out. Engraft the Word of God into your life which is able to save your soul. Engraft it, memorize it, meditate upon it. Think about it frequently. 
We think about Deuteronomy chapter 6, which tells us to take the Word of God and put it everywhere in your home. It says put it even on the doorpost of your home. Put it on your gates as you walk into your home. Put the Word of God out there. If you're struggling with any particular sin issue, bad habit, old man stuff, the things we know we need to flee and get out in our life. Take the Word of God that is appropriate to that one thing, put it on the mirror in your bathroom. Put it on your refrigerator. Stick it on your computer with a sticky note. Put it on your TV. Put it in your bedroom. Do you see what I'm saying? If we really want to gain victory, the Word of God is the powerful weapon that God has given to us. Amen. Use it. So we must see our need of change and be motivated to change. We must believe that we can change with the Lord's help and then we need to memorize and meditate upon Scripture. Wasn't it Scripture that Jesus used to thwart the temptations of the devil? Number four, we must, here we go, we must sincerely repent of sin if we desire to change. Now, as I read through that list of all these bad habits, were some of them, were some, were some of them kind of funny? Yes or no? <laughs> and I admit, some of them are kind of funny. But you know what? Some of those things that I mentioned really affect us. Some of them affect us physically, mentally, spiritually. Don't we have a way of not seeing things the same way that God sees them and saying, you know, I'm just not going to label that as a bad habit. That's sin. That is irritative. That is offensive to people. That does damage my testimony. What is repentance? Repentance is a change in thinking and direction in life. It's a change in the way you think and your direction in life. Godly sorrow worketh what? All right. How many of you have bad habits? Again, can I see your hand? You have some bad habits? Okay. How many of you really feel repentant over those? See, that's the problem. God's word says, Repent, therefore, of thy wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. How many believe that all sin requires repentance? How many believe that in order to have God's forgiveness, you need to repent? How many believe that in order to have the Spirit's empowerment in your life, you need to repent. We can see our need of change 
and want to change. We can believe that we can change and we can meditate on Scripture that gives us power over temptation. But unless we repent, change will not take place. I heard it that repentance is a determined commitment to cease from sinning and start obeying God. I like that. It is a determined commitment to cease from sin and start obeying God. Don't cover up your sin. We're so good at doing that. David tried it, didn't work. He tells us not to do it. Don't cover your sin. Don't deny it. Don't minimize it. Don't excuse it. Don't justify it. Don't blame it on others. What does the Bible tell us to do with our sin? Repent. Repent. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Deliver us from what? Evil. Tell God exactly what your problem is. Pray often and regularly. When you're facing the temptation to put on that old man and get involved in that old habit, pray. Quote the scriptures. Yield to the Lord. He's promised to help us. Another thing I'll leave you with, it's also a good idea to become accountable to others. Confess your fault one to another, pray one for another to get accountable. To be humble enough to admit to maybe one of your good friends, man, I'm really, str I'm really struggling with this. Would you pray for me? Would you, would, would you help hold me accountable? Years ago, we had a lady, she'd come to know the Lord as her Savior. Some of you may remember her. Her name was Bertha. How many remember Bertha? Any of you here? Okay. That's because Corsa has been with me for my whole life. Bertha got saved, but, and she got gloriously saved, but when she got saved, she had a potty mouth. And she didn't like it. She would just, I mean, her whole life was just filthy mouth. And she was trying her best as a new Christian. And I remember saying to her, I said, Bertha, I'm going to help you out. I said, I want you to go, and I said, I want you to get a pocket full of quarters. And every time you curse, I said, I want you to give me a quarter. And she carried around a pocket full of quarters. Every time she cursed, she gave me a quarter. I was almost hoping she wasn't going to get victory in that area and just to keep giving me quarters. <laughs> I made out pretty good in that deal. Well, we need to hold each other accountable. Right? Can't we help each other? I think we can. Now, I've given you a biblical plan. Very simple biblical plan on how you can put off the old and put on the new and get rid of those old habits. You know what? Now it's up to you. I made a list of some things that I think we all should improve on. Our spiritual life our devotional life, our prayer life, our witnessing, our church attendance. Some of you really need to work on that. 
our ministry? What are you doing for the Lord? Our fellowship with other believers, our knowledge of Scripture, our service, our marriages, our parenting, our relationships, our level of commitment, our faith, our obedience, our example and testimony, our separation from worldliness, our financial situation, our resistance of temptation, our leadership, our walk with the Lord. How many of you today would say, Preacher, I need to improve. My hand's the first one up with you. All right. We know what we need to do. And you know, when we do this, God just empowers us to do it. He's the one that really brings the ultimate change to his honor and his glory. Does this please the Lord? Does this honor, does this glorify him? With I press toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.